Guys, it's the Beck and Uri Berry Succession special. Yeah, uh, we figured that we really couldn't talk as much about it as we'd like to on the main podcast, so we're doing this mini series to break down each of the last five episodes of Barry and Succession. Aren't we lucky that they're both five, so it times out well? Yeah, it's and great. So, we didn't get to talk about episode five, so we're just gonna get straight into it. I'm gonna give my i'm just going to give like a plot breakdown so we know how to approach into these episode six and episode four of barry so so let's start with succession episode five also known as a also known as kill list so yeah so everyone goes snoring to finish your deal with lucas matson the group is hoping to get like a deal around 144 dollars a share and as the episode progresses kendall and roy roman decide they don't want to do the deal. They want to backtrack because they want to keep doing the jobs as CEOs of Waystar Royco, even though they've only been doing it for like 24 hours, maybe. And so yeah. in this episode, we see how Shiv progresses, snuggles up to Matson in some ways, and she, she's kind of teaming up with him. I would say he shares some stories with her. We do get to see a little bit of a connection with between Tom and Shiv that is more expanded on in this episode, episode six. And then there's a lot of negotiations between Rome and Kendall and Matson, all fighting like how they're gonna do this. And he's like, they have a big conversation after when they're like walking in the mountains. But the episode ends with um Matson offering a whopping one hundred and ninety-two dollars a share. And yeah. that's, that's more than what they wanted. That's... This was, uh, I was saying I was kind of dumb for this. I thought it was offering like $192 billion for that's, the entire company. That's, and I'm I, like, yeah. that, is, that is not, that is not, a re- that is not real. <laughs> no, a lot of people assume that. So whenever I try to get like facts, because I, there's a lot of stuff in succession that I don't fully understand the business stuff of, because it's just, I don't understand that well. So yeah. I look up a deal, but every like news article I went to, it said $192 billion. And I knew for a fact that the one thing I can count on, that it meant shares. I knew it yeah. meant $192 a share. And that's very different than $192 billion. Yeah, uh, no, because like I think the I think the largest merger or like acquisition in history was a hundred billion. Yeah. So something being a hundred and ninety-two billion would definitely not happen. <laughs> yeah. And so let me just recap episode three of season four of Barry now. So this episode, it kind of continues off from the two episode premiere. So now everyone's kind of doing their things. We got our five main characters, Noah, Hank, Gene, Barry, Sally, and Fuchs. So Fuchs yeah, is Fuchs. like kind of like kind of reeling from Barry's betrayal of him to leave to go to special housing. Barry's trying to work out a deal with special housing, which leads to a very confrontational phone call with Noah Hank. They're kind of like diverging on opposite ends, which we can get to see a little bit more of this episode. This, yeah. And so Sally's kind of doing her teaching job, and she's not that good at it, but the one student who she actually did teach did like her, and so we see that also going on more in this episode. And so, yeah, and then Jean... 
he's kind of just like kind of like you call him he's kind of scared or something because like he he heard that Barry might go for him or like and there's also J- Janet Janet Moss Janice Moss's father Jim who's also yeah. kind of like he's a pretty after, funny character yeah and so Noah Hank and they're kind of just like they're planning a hit out on Barry. The main thing you gotta know from this episode is that at the end of the episode, while he's having a conversation with the FBI, two podcast guys are supposed to be hitmen, which was, I'll be yeah, a funny. Yeah, that was a really funny bit. It's like, the, it's like yeah. you, got, you hired two podcast hitmans. Yeah. Imagine what if we were hitmans. Imagine if we were the two guys. Yeah, yeah. What's funny is that they, they actually call this, the thing is, they say in the episode that the guys who do the podcast, they do product reviews of gadgets that don't work. And the when yeah. the one of the podcast guys tries to kill Barry, he shoots him, but it doesn't work because he blows up his own hand. So they kind of oh, yeah. shadow that. It's cool. But it ends up like it, it's a fuck up on all proportions. There's two guys. One guy's in the roof and he accidentally he kills all the FBI agents except for Barry, the one guy he's supposed to get. And Barry at the end of it is like like you go and he just leaves and like the scene ends with the warden yelling where is Berkman and so yeah. that's how we leave off for succession and Barry so right now we're going to start with breaking off the succession piece because that's albeit I think the larger piece Barry is still good but that's where we're going to dive in first yeah and well succession is like double the length so yeah definitely. dive deep into that first and then we're going to go into Barry and so right now I have how we're going to structure this. So let's go off. Instant thoughts, episode six, also known as Living Plus. I'll break down after instant thoughts. You go first. All right. So episode six, Succession. This one, a lot, a lot of tensions. You could see everything starting to like start bubbling you see kendall being like okay so i want to be ceo i'm gonna be ceo but he's gonna try to be a ceo in his own way and you kind of see what he attempts to do when he has all the power and doesn't have anyone to reel him back in Mm -hmm. he just does all this insane stuff and then you have roman who also now unleashed instantly like fires two people yeah not executive females yeah yeah it's a bit of a power trip yeah Mm -hmm. and then you could tell you he was like trying to be like oh maybe i made a mistake to like kendall and then kendall's like no 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 let's do it and then roman's like oh okay this must be a good thing then so Mm -hmm. they kind of bring out the worst in each other yeah uh, you have Shiv just being outcasted more and kind of aligning herself more with Matson. Mm-hmm. That was really interesting. We'll dive into that more. Yeah. Um. You have Tom and Shiv. That's uh, yeah. Somehow just like trying to rekindle it a bit, maybe. Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll I'll say my thoughts. I would say that I thought it was a really good episode. It was it didn't bring the ferocity of last week's episode i would say it was like a bit more calm i saw like the beat behind the scenes he said like it, there's a lot of interesting drama that goes in like a product launch it's like yeah. i think it was commenting on like kind of like the techie aspects of that which i thought was really cool it was kind of like kind of like 
it's like I feel like it's also kind of like like a weird transition episode if you get what I say. Yeah, to like them actually being CEOs. Mm-hmm. It's like we gotta get to see a first look in how Roman and Kendall really get to be these like CEOs and yeah. Any last instant thoughts? Um, I thought the products they were trying to launch were dumb. <laughs> yeah, that was. It was like they were trying to be like, okay, no, no, we're gonna sell this house. Yeah. But like, it's gonna be like a cruise on land. It was so confusing. They were just trying to like yeah. do real estate with a bunch of weird terms. Uh, I could actually break it down for what I would. I think it meant. So yeah, I guess I'll give the episode breakdown of what it what it was. So. This episode opens up with Logan Roy, and you're like, what? He's dead. But guess what? It's an old video of him promoting Call Old is in like a like a week before he died or something. Yeah. It's like it's saying living plus. That's the thing. It's kind of like I would say it's kind of like a glorified old folks home. Is what I was getting. Yeah. It was it was like yeah, it was kind of like more, maybe like a more of a gated community. Something, something like, like that, that, of that nature. It was like, it's like, and they get entertainment, and it's like kind of like, like like this very kind of like tech version of like a gated community. And so then they're going to promote this product launch that they're going to do in LA for Investor Day at Waystar Studios, which is their movie division, which I thought was really funny that if you can see, if you squint for a little bit, you can see different movie posters they have. In the yeah, bay. they put a lot of effort into like coming Godric and movie. Friends or something. That was that was cool. And so this the episode is also called Living Plus itself, which is I found that really interesting because like kind of like they're naming the episode um, Living Plus, which is also kind of funny because like kind of doing more simple names this season. Like episode three just called Connor's Wedding. Not very yeah. a lot of like. I don't know. I thought that was interesting. There's no metaphors in that. Yeah. And so Kendall starts playing a presentation, but you always get to feel like you feel like he's having this chaotic energy going on. It's like he's having like I don't know. You 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 always cringe when you see Kendall acting like this. You know. I cringe when you said Kennergy. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what's going on because like he never listens to the people who he pays to say stuff. He just never yeah. listens, and he always feels awkward. It's kind of like the eternal fault of Kendall. Yeah. You can and, tell he, like, needs yeah. someone above him. He's not a good CEO role. Mm-hmm. So Kendall's plan, in simple terms, is that he wants to raise up the stock price so it becomes impossible for Matson to buy. And the way he raises up the stock price is by giving false projections of what of living plus and yeah yeah and that's just in simple terms but essentially and so it becomes impossible for mass to buy but shiv in is in the background kind of working with mattson to help kind of stop this so she's really aligning herself with mattson himself <sighs> yeah yeah and so then um, Roman goes on a bit of a power trip. He buys two executive women. One is Joy Palmer, I think the head of Waystar Studios or something. Yeah. And the other, and more notably, is Jerry, his former love interest, I guess you could say. And then, like, he's going, 
I'll talk about more in the analysis section, but I feel like they're both... Everyone in this episode is kind of wearing Logan goggles. Yeah, they're all trying to um, act like him. Yeah. and But Tom and Shiv also further this reconnection that they're kind of having with a game called Bitey, which I found was really interesting. It's kind of like this weird sort of like thing they're doing between the two of them. But and it ultimately culminates with a conversation where Tom says he was he's money hungry all along. And it's like, yeah, that's shallow, but he didn't come from the same world that Shiv has come from. And so yeah, he is shallow and money hungry in that aspect. Yeah. And so and so then Tom Kendall does his his starts off his presentation. Roman, after becoming wise to the situation about the fake numbers, it's like he doesn't go on presentation. So Kendall's kind of reeling from that. But he does the presentation. It's really cringy and could have been really bad, but he does ultimately pull off the conversation with it being at the end. While Masson also tries to derail it by sending out like a tweet about like Yeah. He's his Twitter's used a lot. Mm-hmm. For him to try to take him down. Yeah, but Kendall ultimately wins that fight but because he takes down the tweet at the end of the episode. And then... Yeah. And then the episode ends with Kendall kind of rebirthing himself in the ocean. And so, I don't know, Beck, if you realize this, but there's a lot of symbolism with Kendall and water. Okay, okay so he did drown in, like, end of season end, end of season one... End of season one, he 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 the pool the uh, the the car crash yeah crashes into the river. End of season almost end of season three, he, he almost drowns himself in a pool. And so there's a lot of like different metaphors to no, how season two, the finale is on a yacht, which is in that the is ocean. true. There's water, mm-hmm. but he's kind of protected by like the yacht to get, actually get in, which kind of says like something about like his wealth kind of like abstaining him actually like kind of rebirth himself because i felt like the ending of this episode was a rebirth in the vast open oceanness while the other area while like the pool is such a confined area that he's kind of drowning himself in yeah and so i guess now that that whole thing wrapped up we get into our analysis of like what what are thoughts and deep characters like i don't know if you have any it's analysis i got some but i would like to you go first um analysis is okay um i definitely feel like roman especially he Mm -hmm. was attempting to you know puff out his chest a little bit Mm -hmm. and like kind of demand respect Mm -hmm. and then anyone that didn't give him to him he would he just fired them (laughs) yeah it's it's very him and Kendall having, like, I guess you could say, like, lo- they're trying to be like Logan. In this post-Logan world, everybody is trying to be like Logan. Like, Carl yeah. is even, like, like even being a little bit more brass. He's like, yeah, that's the first time he's, like, been straight. Yeah. Talking to him. I would say the most significant R- Logan goggles example I see in this episode was Greg. With the thing with the sound editor. <laughs> yeah, that, with the deep faking. Yeah. Yeah. I found that to be like, that's, we kind of saw that with, um, well, Carrie, he's kind of like, like when he tried to say that 
you aren't good at like you know at like the at like the new stuff but yeah. now we seem like he's kind of getting a little bit of a everyone's kind of like boosting up their power because it's kind of an in a post-slogan world, everyone is unhinged. Yeah. But Greg did not do a good job at it. Like, he was like, dude, I, I need you to do this. Uh, come on, come on, come on. I need you to do this. Come on. I'm going to get fired. I would so, say yeah. definitely, like, kind of like a slow build. I think every episode is going to build a bit more. I feel like they have something planned for Greg that we're going to see continue. But I yeah. don't know. I would say that... um. This is a definitely a Roman and Kendall bosses episode. Like, yeah. I get to see them, like, be in charge. And, like, we... It's kind of surprising in a way that we expect them to be a little... A bit... Like, we say... We, we, they act, like, to be a diff, Like, be Logan, but they're always, in essence, they are always be themselves. Because Kendall can never really quite change, like, not listening to people and kind of arrogance. Because you... Remember, do you remember watching, like, the him talking to people about that, like, the house on the stage, and you just, like, uh... Yeah. He was not good at pitching it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like this episode, we were, last episode was more, like, how Kendall and Roman are bosses mm-hmm. in, like, private, like, at the retreat, and then this is kind of how they act as bosses, like, to everyone else. Mm-hmm. And you get that. I I don't know if you felt this, but do you felt like do you like felt they were being good or, or like not that good? They were not good. Mm-hmm. I because mean, the, I don't, the aspect of trying to imitate Logan or something. Yeah, I don't feel like anyone else could do it better. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say it was good. Yeah, no. They're definitely, they're definitely still daddy kids wearing daddy shoes type of vibe. Yeah. Now, what I really want to learn about your take, what do you feel on the whole Matson and shit angle? Uh, I mean, I don't really like see the chemistry there, but uh, I find it. It's a bit weird one because it's not something you like really expect, do you? Yeah, well, it sounds good on paper. Mm-hmm. Like you imagine, like the two brothers become the CEO. They promise to work with Shiv. They don't work with him a lot, so Shiv then drifts towards their enemy. Mm-hmm. I would say that Shiv. It's a bit of weird one because you always see like Kendall's kind of always pushing Shiv out. But Roman's always kind of the guy who's kind of keeping her in, trying to clue her in. Because, like, that that hug they did, bef- like, when they're having a conversation, rather than yeah. hugs they had in previous episodes, the hugs are becoming kind of feeling empty. Yeah. Wait, yeah. We literally did not see Connor at all this episode, I just realized. Or last one. I <laughs> or think no, we saw him a bit last one, but we did not see him at all this episode. Yeah, I would, um, let me see something. Yeah, like, his only thing last episode was like, yo, I need to be in the loop, and then he's, like, not in it at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would say that, let me check something in my notes. I, <laughs> I had something to say. 
Yeah, so... I think um, another interesting thing that comes of, like, these, I, I guess, I know, I think corporate deals is that, it, I feel like what the show is trying to invoke is that people who do this type of stuff and corporate stuff, they're, I guess they're fundamentally kind of broken people. Yeah. I mean, you kind of, like, have to be able to do the stuff or do bad stuff to be able to actually get the job so it seems like they'd all be broken because mm-hmm. mostly i i kind of see this in a way that um when they say lucas matson when they say about that um that he's he's a genius he just does this type of stuff you know yeah it's like are we forsaking just because he's a genius he can do anything he wants and it's like yeah also like dude he's been like tweeting bad stuff i feel like people would not like his company or he would be be caught out for that but we have not seen anything like that yeah which is kind of like kind of like he's very much uh I don't know if he's very much kind of like an elon type of guy you know oh yeah i feel that mm-hmm. it's like the way he like kind of conducts himself like it's very obtuse or he's like i would say he's very it's like he's very kind of like this weird narcissistic type of guy and it's like, yeah, something in that vein. And what I found what was really interesting was when in the beginning of the episode when he says, that's the that's not the worst thing my dad even said to me. It's like a Valentine's Day card compared, you know? Yeah. That's kind of showing like how fundamentally broken that relationship was. Because you know what the last thing Logan ever said to them? What? You're not serious people yeah and that's fundamentally that's relationship that's how it's always going to be at the end of the day you know yeah and that um that video was probably recorded while they were like betray or after the betrayal so it was definitely off of emotion Mm-hmm. and so what was really out but you beg you should say something Let's i say should say yeah, I should say something. I should say something. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, I feel like I've. I think we've covered. I've covered all the stuff. I've. I thought about it. Mm-hmm. Do you got anything else? I have a few more thoughts. Yeah. I, it was really interesting. Like, the CE Bros. At the end of this episode, they kind of like, they kind of leave this episode in a dark place where Roman kind of just repeatedly listened to the deep fake of his dad saying Roman Roy as a micro penis and something like that. Yeah. That that was I don't know. I thought that was just like, you know, him processing because like he always grief. They're all because throughout the entire episode and the season he says like he can't process he like he's refusing to process the grief. And everyone's saying it's gonna come eventually, but it's kind of like I guess it's a way of protecting himself. Yeah, I mean, this is like only, only what, like a week after he died? So. I don't know that. Because I think each episode of the season takes place each, maybe after, in the course of one day, like a day after day or something, something like that. Uh, this I think they said like a week mm-hmm. from the dad death. Mm, yeah. I would like to say something about Tom. Ooh, Tom, he. He isn't I, quite present in this episode. He isn't quite present, but his presence 
you really think by the end of this show they're going to get back together? Probably. It's like you see. I feel like each episode we're trying to they're putting Tom and Shave on more equal footing. Yeah, like right now, Tom literally has like no power because both the CEOs hate him. And they're, he's about to get bought out, and he's on the kill list, so... Mm-hmm. No, he wasn't on the kill list. Oh, he wasn't on the kill list? No, he wasn't. Oh. That, that, that's what's interesting, because I feel like... As there, I feel like Shiv is, is actually growing more now with Tom, because, like, there's this moment where he's saying to her outside, like, I choose you, I'm sorry, you know? And then there's, like, this whole range of emotions... On Shiv's face, she goes like, and like it goes from like you see like how she's tree- deeply kind of like trout trout briefed out by like what Tom did to her, and the only way kind of to move past that is to talk about it with Tom, and then we get to see him and her actually talk about it. Because he says, because at the end of the day, Shiv is never gonna feel like what Tom feels like. Tom. He's always going to be a kid from Minnesota who got up in power. Of course, he's going to be money hungry. She's never had to be hungry for money, you know? Yeah. And they're just like, it's either going to end in like utter like failure where like, I feel like maybe this Matson thing is going to shove it up a bit or something. I don't know. But, yeah. um, but, um, I don't know. I feel like. I really feel like their connection is actually getting better, especially with the Bidey game, which I thought was like, that was like kind of like you're going back into childhood or something. Yeah, maybe. All right, was that everything? Um, There's a few more things I'd like to say. Oh, you are a really in-depth analysis on this. Mm-hmm. Wait, let me see. I had some more notes, but checking. Mm. All right. Well. Okay. Uh, let's see. I had, I did have some more things we could do for the. Let's see. Wait. So, what were your favorite scenes of the episode? Favorite scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, I go mine. Favorite Greg in the sound editor. I felt like. That was really interesting, and Carl yelling at at Kendall. That that one was really powerful. Yeah, because you could like you could see him like trying to be nice, and then Kendall being like, "No, no, go away." And then he's like, he just like stops him, and then it's dead serious. Like, I will screw you over if you screw me over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought, and then right before he goes on stage, I just shook him up even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you're seeing like how still. They don't really respect Kendall or Roman still, you know? Yeah. Especially that scene where, like, oh, I found it really brutal watching Roman asking Jerry to respect him. Yeah, and then she was like, uh, do you want me to say it? Or I don't believe it. it. Yeah. Just, I don't know. Jerry's never going to respect him. It's not going to happen. I feel like no one's ever truly going to respect them. But Yeah. And that's why they kind of go on these... I guess power trips is that what I would say? Yeah. Just trying to get people to actually respect them by firing. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it was really funny when Tom, we saw a little bit of Tom going on stage and saying, you're an ATN sis and you're an ATN sis. And I was like, yeah, he was grasping at pure straws after that. Yeah. It was, yeah, that was, that was, yeah. And let's just give um predictions for the next episode or okay the the season. Oh, see, oh yeah, I can just talk about like what I think. Um, I don't know. I feel like it goes Kendall... on so unpredictable. It can go anywhere, you know. Yeah, it is very unpredictable. I mean, yeah, it's kind of one of those things where. You don't know where it's going to go, but you know it's going to go somewhere that makes sense. Kendall, Shiv and Kendall and Roman going to break up. My. Yeah, Shiv might branch off. I feel like Kendall and Roman are strong. Tom probably going to try and get back together with Shiv. Greg's going to betray Tom. That's going to be a move. Greg, yeah. Greg works, go works for Matson. I mean, Greg wasn't on the kill list. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's good. Um, yeah. Well, you got me? Like, specifically? Yeah, okay. No, I think I'm done. Mm-hmm. And so, right. solid episode. It's ramping up. And, yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah. I will get... Now we're moving on to Barry. Bah, bah, oh. Bah, bah, bah. This, I would say... It was good episodes, but I think I might prefer the Barry episode. Yeah, I definitely preferred the Barry episode. There it was, was good, a, but it, a yeah, ton like, that happened. So I'm gonna give my three breakdown, and then you do four breakdown, okay? Three break, yeah, okay. I got four. Okay. So essentially, in the in episode three, it's kind of like Barry. Oh, I already did the three. Yeah, you already did that one. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, you already did this. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I'll do four. I already did it as a, yeah. Okay, we start. Barry has escaped from prison, and the cops are looking for him. That is true. Um, And then Gene Cousineau is now having to hide in the mountains because he somehow did a one-act play for a reporter. <laughs> Yeah, that that was a funny bit. Um, okay, and then Sally is trying to be the acting coach for someone for in like a Marvel type movie. Yeah, Mega Girls. And I thought yeah. it was really funny that they actually got the director for Coda. Yeah, they got the director for Coda to do it. Yeah, that was funny. Still some Hollywood satire. Yeah, definitely. Um uh, we have Fuchs just getting beat up a lot in prison. <laughs> That's all we see. Yeah, just that... getting beat up. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. I think the funniest part of the episode was when the cops raided the Dave and Buster's. <laughs> just... Like I, la- I laughed out loud at that part. And like, like they throw a dude down there and start pummeling on him. <laughs> no, um, he is. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Okay, Hank and Cristobal. Uh, Hank hosts a party, and he's like, guys, come come look at the sand we got, everyone. And then he opens a trap door in the sand and just kills all the people that he was working with, and he was trying to get Cristobal out, but he got stuck in the sand. But eventually, Cristobal, you know, he survives. Mm-hmm. Hank gets him safe, but then they go back to his house, and then he's like 
uh you like killed all of our business partners you're not the man i fell in love with damn that that hit and then yeah and then he tries to walk away and then hank knows if he starts walking away that he has to kill him so he tries desperately to get him back but then you know he opens the he walks away and then he's sitting there he's crying and yeah and then they is it and then the people outside just saying like he's dead and i'm like Dude, that was like my favorite part of the show. It was like really comedic, them making the Sand Empire. Yeah. The Sand Empire feeling that was just kind of like, that was just like a, a conduit for them to have greater drama in the show. Yeah. Like Hank becoming like, I would, I would like, I kind of like showing this, but it's kind of like a comparison to last ep to Succession episode where kind of Hank is putting on the Barry goggles, you know? Yeah, he is trying to be a lot more Barry. It's like Barry betrayed him by talking to the feds. He's like, I don't want these guys to betray me, so I'm going to kill them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it was, it was really sad when they killed Cristobal. Like, it was um, it was like really heartbreak. I didn't expect it, but I was like, just seeing his dead body on the ground in, through my yeah. through the TV was like, and like, I am, the actor who plays Noah Hank, his name is Anthony Kerrigan, but yeah. you don't expect it for such a comedic guy, but he does you know, like, really that, sad that, stuff. That, like, the gang side is almost all comedy. Like, there's almost, like, n no drama on that side, even though there's, like, a lot more drama on the Barry side. Mm -hmm. But, like, this one is, like, depressing. It's, it's, I would say that season three is a really dark season that it's only kind of light because of Noah Hank, you know, season three. Yeah. And then now, Hank is depressed because, you know, the love of his life is dead. And did you notice this correlation that at the end of season three, saves, he saves Crystal Ball. And that yeah. went from killing Crystal Ball. Yeah. It went 180. Uh, what, also, what was really sad was, okay, this is a funny, I was, like, watching the episode, like, on my phone, and, like, someone rang the doorbell. So I went down there, and I, like, had the thing going. And I, like, answered the door, and, like, the person opened, I'm like, yeah. And then I walk away, and I'm looking at my phone, and that's right when um, Kusuno shoots his son, I say audibly, no! <laughs> and the person looks and like, what? <laughs> yeah, so that part was also sad. Oh my god, that was so depressing. Dude, that like, literally, like... We have, like, the deaths of, like, the two closest people in, like, Kusuno's, well, like, like, the closest person in Kusuno's life and the clo closest person in Hank's life just, de like, dead. It, like, my mom, when we were watching it, she was like, no, when she, when, yeah. when he, when she, it was like, yeah. And, uh, and then I felt it, because, like, obviously Barry wouldn't come to him. This was, like, a really interesting episode of yeah like, there was no barry at all like yeah yeah it's like this is the least amount of barry we've seen in an episode yeah and that um i don't know that ending scene was a bit confusing but i think that it's like, is fantasy or something i think it's fantasy but you know what'd be really radical if that yeah. wasn't fantasy what you know yeah this like he doesn't die he's gonna die in this he's gonna die this season i'm thinking I, I think that's too cheap for to, for Barry to have it. Too cheap. I feel like has, something more interesting has to happen. He has to just go to prison? Not no, something season. else. Like a third more interesting fate, you know? Okay. 
I wouldn't know where it is, but... Who gets away with it? I found what was really, really, really interesting in this episode was yeah. Sally. Like, Oh, yeah, she, like, trying to steal the, her steal student's the role. Yeah. And then they just sailed, because no matter what, I feel like there's just something innately... She's an amazing actress, actress, but I feel like everybody kind of sees this something innately kind of, like, wrong with her that they just won't cast her. Yeah, I mean, the agent was trying to get her, but she just gives up. She gives up and she's like, yeah, Barry, I'm gonna go with you. And I found that, like, I felt that coming is, like, when the guy was saying 70,000 years, that doesn't really matter anymore to Sally. Maybe season one, Sally would have probably done that, but season four, Sally is a different Sally that... Definitely. I, I guess would say, feel... She doesn't love Barry. No fucking way she loves Barry, but she does feel ultimately safe with Barry. Yeah, it's it's kind of sad how she just fell in the cycle, you know, with her like her ex and then now Barry. Yeah, yeah that was it's, really sad. That, it's just kind of like a cycle of violence through these episodes, like you know, not just I'd say not even just Barry or Succession or even The Last of Us. That's a one of the out. It's kind of like a continual cycle of violence that our characters keep repeating in. Yeah, and it just it's kind of like good storytelling of tragedy keeps perpetrating tragedy, you know? Yeah, I see that. And I find that her might hers might be actually the saddest story in the show, just because like she she was her her show got ninety eight percent raw on tomatoes. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like the scene that's kind of hit the hardest with me like the Hank stuff. No, not the Hank stuff. It's when um, that guy Barry saved in Afghanistan. Mm. He's him getting rid of the body and it's like, my daughter is alive because you saved me. So starting. he doesn't turn him in. <laughs> yeah, and he says starting now. Yeah. Um, what happened to that guy? Did he just, was he like, just, was he like, oh, he, Barry's in the news for prison and I'm not going to say anything? Yeah, I don't know. He, he know. might come up. If they like get him again and they he goes to trial, they Maybe. might have like the trial of him. And I that, actually that don't think there's a trial going to be happening. I think the rest of the show is just Barry on the run. Yeah, maybe it would be good to see a trial. Maybe like I know how I think it fit a trial to like five episodes. No, I'm not saying like a trial. Maybe like you know like a mental mm -hmm. trial. Like I don't know. Yeah, she gets tranquilized and he starts hallucinating a trial. Mm -hmm. Plot like that, but that's kind of kind of terrible way of doing it. I mean, like, yeah, shows do it, but it could work. Just like a way for him to like actually be judged for everything he's done. I didn't like what happened in the last season where he's on like the beach with all the dead people he's killed. Yeah, yeah, like metaphorical stuff like that, and like dreams. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, I. What did you think about the Fuke stuff? Like that was really interesting. That when he went to the prison. They were all like, he's kind of like the boss now in some way or something. Yeah, well, he took he took a beating for someone without snitching on them, so I think he earned respect at least. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't eat till he ate. Yeah. And so, I feel like... Is it me, or do you feel like the Fuke stuff... They can end the show with... They can end Fuke's storyline like that. Yeah, they could. Mm -hmm. I mean, Fuke's is not like my favorite character no i mean he has some like comedic moments uh like when he tried being the raven that was pretty funny 
Mm-hmm. Uh, would, yeah, because I feel like Fuchs is the history. History can end in prison, but I feel like Barry's has to inside out of prison. Yeah, like Fuchs was the one who kind of like was behind all the stuff, and Barry was kind of just his, the sword he used. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Fuchs being in prison works. Mm-hmm. I yeah, it does work because just like if there's something that feels right dramaturgically, just about that, you know. Yeah. It just, like, it makes sense that, like, like, Fuchs, like, he's finally, after all this, he's finally just in prison, kind of, like, you know, he can have, like, some sort of life in there, I guess. While Barry is just such a much more complicated type of character. Yeah. But what did you think about, like, the ending scene? Like, do you... The... Like, you're we're talking flash forward, or, like, flash, when Barry's in the house? I've, the flash well, forward? Yeah. Um... I thought it was, you know, unrealistic. Like, Call of Duty's not going to be around in 20 years, so the kids talking about it doesn't make any sense. Other than that, it was kind of interesting. I mean, like, to see what he you thinks. Know, I didn't realize how how artsy Barry is, you know? It's so fucking artsy. Yeah, like like the lone cabin in the field, that that was really cool. Mm-hmm. The shots but I, I was, was insane. I, I, I was really confused because at first I thought it was a flashback, like... Like we've, we've, we've passed. Yeah, we've had we've had stuff like that, but no, it's actually a flash forward. I thought that was a cool. Is twist. it a flash forward or is it a vision? Okay, flash forward or vision, I don't care. But it, as long as it wasn't a flashback, so it was still a twist. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, I don't know. That that could be a flash forward, I guess. But I I guess we could talk about the scene before that where he says, "I found it, I found the comedic timing of really it was funny." <laughs> yeah. Because, like, I thought that's when the episode was going to end. It's cut to black and that's it. Yeah. The sad thing is, like, the title cards now, they don't have the music. It's a lot more comedic when it just, like, j- jumps to the music. Ba-ba. Yeah. When it jumps to that, I think it's really funny. Like, using that as a cutaway. Yeah. I would say another character I just want to touch on before we kind of end things up is yeah. Jim Moss. <laughs> Jim Moss. His character is so funny because it's like this, like, he's so intimidating he can get, like, an interrogator to kill themselves. <laughs> and he makes a guy speak German or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's really funny. Yeah, he's... But he does seem, like, dedicated to putting Bell- Barry in the ground. <laughs> yeah. Which I think also plays into that um kind of cycle of violence, which is, like, because at the end of season, I think it was at the end of season three episode, yeah. and the, the, I think it was the last shot. It was it was the cops had taken Barry away, but it was just yeah. it was like an like a wide shot of seeing we see Jim is outside of the door outside the window, and then we see inside there's just a photo of Janice, and it was kind of showing that at the end of the day, no matter what Jim does. He's, He's never going to bring back his daughter. Yeah. No matter how much he tries. Works. No matter what, he has to deal with his grief. No matter what, he won't... Even if you kill Barry, it's not going to help Janice. It's not going to do anything to Janice. Yeah. I think one thing is, like, the cops in this show are, like, Idiots. terrible at their job. Like, literally every cop we see is just, like, terrible. There's, like, a scene in this one where it's, like, 
two cop cars trying to pull up, and then one just rear-ends the other one. Mm-hmm. And we have the Dave and Buster scene also, so. Yeah, I feel like they're, they're definitely doing commentary on how, like, the cops are just fucking idiots sometimes. It's like, we have more, yeah. like, private investigators who are race or like, I guess. I know, there's that, there's that one, like, the chief of police thinking the crow was the real assassin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. There's a lot of, like, kind of satire in this show. Yeah. And so, I guess... I mean, I think the Hollywood si- satire was a bit on the nose, but I've also it's also might just because it's like overused a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, um, like a, a lot of like shows with the satirist, like, oh, director makes Marvel movie doesn't want to because it's not art film. Yeah. <laughs> what I would say the star of this episode was Noah Hank. Yep, definitely. That that art probably carries it through. I'd probably say ranking of like the arcs, I would probably say Hank, Sally, Gene, Sally, Fuchs. Because we never got to see what the aftermath of what after him shooting his son. Yeah, I'll probably get that next episode. Yeah, this was the episode that Barry was least in, which I thought was cool. He's definitely gonna be in it a lot next time to make up yeah. for it. Yeah, and so this show, we're already halfway through both of these shows. Yeah. And so it's going to, two major events, two TV events are going to happen on May 28th. Yeah, I, I swear HBO is like popping off this year so far. Like we got Last of Us, and then we're right into Barry and Succession. Mm-hmm. And then I think they're making a um a Watergate comedy that looks good, so... Oh, yeah, White House Plumbers, that's kind of fun. Yeah. Is it? I'm, a big, I'm a big Nixon fan. Oh, you are? You are a big yeah. Nixon fan? Well, yeah. let's give predictions for what's happening. In- okay, <laughs> I'm Nixon saying fan. Barry dies, killed by Sally this with the Cusano pistol. This is my most radical theory I have. Ooh. Oh, they're going to skip to the flash forward, and that's going to be the show. Oh, they're, they're going to do a better Call Saul. <laughs> yeah. That's going to make the last five episodes all flash forwards. Yeah. I, it would be, uh, be a good story structure, at least, because you can say, like, how did everyone end up? It's a mystery, but they cannot, ma- they, they cannot maintain that for four episodes. I don't know. That's my, like, really radical theory. I, it's either that or... The, the the flash forward vision is actually a flash forward and then we cut between that and the present time. Alright. That's yeah. that's certainly something character wise, no Hank is still gonna I also felt Wait. like this other than yeah. maybe a Barry, another Barry and Hank confrontation, this could have been the end of Noah Hank's character. Yeah, definitely. I also just realized Chekhov's gun finally got fired. With what? With the gun, you know, that Kusino had? Oh, yeah. It was the first time it fired, because remember, he tried to kill Barry with it, and the, the gun just fell apart. Mm, yeah. In season three. Yeah, no, and then, do you think his son is dead or alive? I'm guessing alive, but now he's no longer going to trust his father, because he shot him in the chest. Yeah, Summer. Here. Um, yeah, I really wish they like 
had a way to make like a definitive death because like Wasn't you it could better die from... to be ambiguous deaths. Yeah, it's it's better to know if someone's actually alive or not because a fake out death, it never feels like really earned. Yeah, no. Yeah, there's a lot of moments I felt like this episode could have been like the end of ending of some characters in a in a in a different world. This episode could have been like maybe the penultimate episode of the show. Yeah. And then the next episode would have just been a flash forward, and it would have been six episodes, you know? Yeah, I feel like they could end this if they literally just do a flash forward, and it's just Barry and Sally on the farm, and then Hank tries to go get his revenge. Mm-hmm. Hank, I think he's probably just going to work with, like, the Chechens, and then that's kind of his life now. It's kind of depressing. I think maybe, I don't think Hank's going to, Barry's going to go for Hank. Yeah, I feel like he just Barry's not going to go for Hank. Hank might go for Barry. Yeah, that that could Barry be definitely wants to get out of there as fast as possible. Yeah, no. My question is, how the okay? Yeah, you have a fucking gun, Barry. But how did you get out of the prison? He is a marine. Okay. Yeah, no. Just just use that as just use that and say he's a marine. Did he like? He's a marine. He can do it. <laughs> Did he threaten a police, uh, like a security guard? No, he probably just hopped the fence or something. Get a gun, also. He could literally just shoot his way out of there. Huh? You think shooting just? He has okay. a gun. He can shoot someone. Okay. 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 All right. Well. Yeah. Okay. End of episode one. So end of episode one. Solid. I pretty good episodes of Barry's succession. I think Barry had the edge this episode. Yeah, the, end of the point goes to Barry. We can see who wins the best of five. Point goes to Barry, but I think overall structure, probably better succession. All right, well, see you guys next episode. Goodbye. Bye. Always use Celsius. <laughs>